Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to the first ever episode of the J&J Talk NBA podcast. My name is Justin Lester, repping the Seattle Supersonics with my brother, Jordan. Yes, sir. At Lakers Busy. And um, so just a couple kids from Seattle. Uh, Hooper's born and raised, been around the game since we were four or five years old each, if not earlier. Um, I played through high school, and I ended up being a practice player for the women's team at in college for UW, uh, University of Washington, where I went. And then I've had some jobs in basketball after college, uh, working for the Seattle Storm, the WNBA team, and then at the NBA for a little while. And now I work on uh, NBA 2K mobile video game. Um, so love hoops. I'm the only one in our family that didn't make it to college basketball, <laughs> but I did make it to the league. So That's true. That, the one thing I will always hold on Jordan, so I'll toss it over to you, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Justin didn't make it to the league. Um, so I'm Jordan. I'm the youngest of three brothers, and I played high school. We all played high school basketball at East Lake High School over in Sammamish, Washington. Um, and I was able to get a Division One scholarship for uh, basketball out of out of high school. Played my first two years at Robert Morris University, and then decided to transfer to Whitworth University. Um, and I played two years at RMU, came to Whitworth for two years, thinking that I was only going to have two years of eligibility at Whitworth, and I am right now in my fifth year of eligibility. So I, I came to Whitworth, I tore my meniscus after nine games of my first year, um, so then I was able to get a fifth year through a medical redshirt, uh, and then in my fifth year, I tore my ACL in our fifth game. And then I thought I was done at that point. My coaches talked to me and they were like, if you want to come back, you can just push your MBA classes to next year because I was already in the master's program at that point. So I decided to do that. And then my sixth year happened to be the 2020-2021 school year, which was the height of COVID the pandemic. And the NCAA came out and gave everyone the year back for, for NCAA athletes and I decided to jump on that, not really knowing what I would have to do school-wise, and luckily the NCAA passed a waiver where I was able to basically just work and play basketball. I worked at a real estate firm, and it counted toward uh, internship credits, and um, so I was in my seventh year this year, uh, played 10 games, was, was playing great, and then unfortunately tore by other ACL, um, and so this will... And I just recently had surgery this past week, which was my fourth knee surgery of my college career. Um, which is really unfortunate, um, but that's one reason that I kind of wanted to start this podcast with Justin was because I love basketball, I love the game, and injuries have kind of taken their toll on me. And, um, you know, I'm not really able to play right now, but I still want to be involved in the game. And me and Justin love the NBA. We love talking hoops um so so that's kind of why we decided decided to start this and so that's that's pretty much our stories yeah there's a lot of ways to stay involved in basketball um besides just playing and uh, i'm a big podcast guy myself i listen to a ton um whether it be while going on a walk or on road trips or whatever so i'm really excited to get this going yeah, I'm same as Justin. I kind of got into podcasts this past year. Uh, my favorite one is The Old Man and the Three. Shout out to JJ Reddick and Tommy Alter. Uh, I love that one. I listened to the Draymond Green one. 
uh, the Etcetera's with Kevin Durant, uh, CJ McCollum, the pull-up. So uh, there's a bunch of different ones. Um, but, but yeah, so so let's get it started. Um, our first segment that, that we're going to cover today is uh, we're going to talk NBA All-Star starters. Uh, on Thursday night of this week, I believe, on Inside the NBA, Shaq, Chuck, Ernie, and Kenny will be revealing the All-Star starters for the 2022 uh, All-Star game in mid-February, and me and Justin just wanted to do some predictions, um, so I'll, I'll start with mine. Uh, my five that I'm predicting are going to start are in the backcourt. So for those of you who don't know, the All-Star starters consist of two backcourt players and three frontcourt players. Um, two backcourt players basically are guard, three frontcourt players are power forwards or centers or small forwards. Um, so my two backcourt players are John Morant and Steph Curry. And my three frontcourt players are LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, and Rudy Gobert. I think the first four that I mentioned were kind of locks, and they've all been having great seasons. Obviously, John Morant is in his third year with Memphis. Um, they're third in the, in the West right now. Uh, he's playing really well. Steph has led Golden State to the two seed. Um, LeBron is in year 19, doing unreal things, averaging 29, 8, and 6. Unbelievable. The Lakers um, are doing all right, but they'll, uh, they'll hopefully figure it out here soon. <laughs> uh, Jokic is absolutely balling. Statistically, he's technically having the best player efficiency rating season of all time right now. Um, it's bananas. It's absolutely insane. And so my fifth one, um, I, I considered Draymond Green, who led Gold State to a hot start. Um, but with his recent injury, the disc in his lower back, um, I decided to not include him. Um, I also considered Carl Anthony Towns, who has been putting up 24, 9, and 4 every night efficiently too. Um, but the Wolves are the seven seed compared to the Jazz that are the four seed right now. So I decided to go with Gobert. And I was also considering CP3 and Devin Booker, but due to the all-star starter rules of only allowing two backcourt players, I didn't have any space. So so my fifth one is, was Rudy Gobert. So so let's hear yours, Justin. And what, what are your thoughts on mine? Yeah, it's almost like we're brothers or something. Like our minds think alike for some reason. <laughs> oh, um, gosh. I have the exact same five. Um, I will say I did not consider Draymond. Um, Draymond's an amazing player. We all know what he does. I cannot put a man who's averaging less than 10 points in the starting lineup. I'm sorry. <laughs> Can't even consider him. I mean, I didn't put him in, but I considered him. Yeah, I, I didn't even consider him. Much respect to Draymond. Um, but just like you said, I've got Curry, Ja Morant. Uh, Gobert, LeBron, Jokic. Gobert is definitely that last selection, probably the most questionable. Yeah. Uh, but I really didn't have any other front court players. Yeah, you mentioned Towns. Um, I think Gobert is a notch above him uh, because of where the Jazz are, because of his defensive prowess. Um, also considered CB3. Um, so he's leading the league in assists and steals right now. Wow. Uh, obviously, the Suns are absolutely balling. Yeah. Um, Suns are the best team in the league, kind of by a wide margin at the moment. 
Um, so it feels like a crime to not have CP3 or Booker, um, but they're also together. And you know, Curry and Morant, they don't have that that co superstar. I would say. Once again, kind of a knock on Draymond, but it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that that's true. I definitely was trying to fit in a Suns player to the starting lineup, but I feel like the Suns are the new San Antonio Spurs of the 2000s and 2010, where they just play very good team basketball. They share the ball really well. Um, they move it around and play just play really good team basketball, and it's, it's very fun to watch. So, Yeah, agreed. I think if it was to be one of them, it would be CP3. Um probably over Morant, but that's tough. They're they're both playing so well. Ah, yeah, that's a tough one because the Suns were not very good before Chris Paul got there and he he made them good. So I guess I'd have to rethink that. But but regardless, I don't have them either as starters, so <laughs> <laughs> sounds like we're in agreement. Let's let's go on to the East. Let's do it. So my three front court in the East are Kevin Durant, Giannis, and Bede. And in the backcourt, I've got DeRozan. And this last one is the hardest. I've got Harden. Um, definitely can see. <laughs> yeah, the look on Jordan's face says it all. You know who I'm going to. Oh, yeah. I, I know where you're <laughs> going. Um, considered our boy Levine from Seattle. Um, considered Trey Young for sure. Full strong candidates. Um, I think having an all Bulls backcourt is a little strong, considering they've fallen off recently. Um, Zach's been out a little bit. DeRozan has been just a little better than him this year. Um, Trey is putting up crazy numbers. The Hawks are somehow the second highest offensive rated team in the league. And he leads the league in total points. Um, strong consideration there, but just where they are in the standings, I, I had to go hard in. So what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I was I was considering Trey Young. He's putting up 28, 9, and 4. Um, but his team is, is 12th in the east and that's just that's just not a cut, gonna cut it to be a starter um J james harden i was i was strongly considering um i know me and you watched that game a couple weeks ago where the bulls played the nets and james harden put on a clinic uh with his passing mm -hmm. in the second half and kind of kind of sent them a message that there are levels to this and i think when the nets are healthy they're on their own level <laughs> um yep. But ultimately, I just, I mean, Harden has just, he's not as efficient. I think he's shooting 42% from the field this year and 34% from three. Um, and I think Zach is shooting 49% from the field and 41% from three. Uh, Zach averaging 25, five and four. Harden putting up 23, 10 and eight. So Harden's definitely doing a little bit more than Zach. But I feel like Zach, Zach's efficiency and him scoring at a little bit of a higher clip kind of made it in my mind that he would be a starter. I mean, you could go either way. Another guy I actually considered but just hasn't played uh, enough games is Jimmy Butler, who, hmm. who is actually putting up statistically a great year. I think he's averaging like 23, 6-6. Six He's got the heat in first place right now. Um, he's shooting sure. shooting the ball shooting the ball pretty efficiently, uh, but he's only played 28 out of out of 47 games, so couldn't give it to him. Had to go with Zach, who, for those of you who don't know, is somebody that 
uh, me and m my brother Brandon played against in high school uh, at Bothell, and he dropped 41 on me specifically. I was guarding him, um, so we definitely we definitely know how good of a player he is, and um, just how good of a season he was having. So, so I went with Zach, and Justin went with Harden. So that was basically our only difference so far. Yeah, that was a really tough call, and it's it's so fun watching Zach these days. You go back and you watch his high school mixtapes, and he's pretty much the same player, I would say, just way skinnier and not really having any problem getting off his shot at all against Kinko. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now it's a little bit tougher, but he, he was always so smooth just getting to his jumper and just taking the kinds of shots that no one else was taking. Yeah, the one the one knock on Zach so far in his career has been the fact that he hasn't been able to win yet uh, in high school. He wasn't able to win the state championship in college. He went to UCLA, had a good career, but wasn't able to win anything there. And so far in his NBA season, um, I don't know if he's been a part of a winning season yet. Um, and obviously this year, obviously this year they're on track to have a winning season. Uh, but I think I think DeMar DeRozan has a lot to do with that. I also think the arrival of Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, um, and a couple other role players have really, really helped the Bulls um, and really kind of kind of put Zach on a platform to showcase his ability against the best in the league. So I'm excited to, to see, hopefully, if the Bulls get healthy. Obviously, Lonzo, Caruso, Zach is actually back tonight. Um, he played tonight. They won by one. Um, but I'd like to see them healthy and excited to see what they can do come playoff time. Yeah, you know how I feel about Lonzo. Uh, Caruso, big difference maker for sure. And Zach was an all-star last year. It's not like, you know, people are sleeping on him all around the league. Yeah. Um, there's definitely a huge roster turnover this year, so I think you got to take that into consideration too. Yeah. So we'll agree to disagree there. <laughs> all righty. Um, we'll move on to the next topic. Uh, we're kind of going to go over some, some NBA awards. Uh, obviously, the awards are not handed out until – Usually during the first round of the NBA playoffs, if I'm not mistaken, um, and they are an award for the entire NBA season, you know, not just before All-Star or after All-Star, but um, me and Justin are going to predict who we think um, between the MVP, Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, Most Improved, and Coach of the Year, who we think um, those are so far. So um, do you want me to start? Yeah, go for it. Let's hear it. All right, so MVP. Uh, I had a tough time with this one. I a couple of weeks ago, before Kevin Durant got hurt, would have said that Kevin Durant was the MVP because the Nets, mm -hmm. the Nets were first in the East. He was putting up, you know, twenty. What was it? Twenty nine, seven, and six on fifty two percent from the field, thirty seven from three. Um, but he just sprained his. Um, what was it? His left, his left knee. Um, so because of that, I had to rethink it. And my favorite right now is Giannis. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I had a really tough time with this as well. I think it's it's three guys really that you're considering, right? Would you agree? Yeah, there are three. There are three. Um, I think we know who they are. Um, I like the Giannis pick. That probably should be the pick. I've got Embiid. 
Um, I think part of it is uh, the fact that Giannis and Jokic have won before. And it's just that fatigue factor that you know exists in all uh, war races and sports. Um, if Giannis had never won an MVP, I'd probably have him. Um, and I think he's he's the best player in the league um, since Duran is out right now. Yeah. Um, but I've got him beat. I think he's got probably the worst supporting cast among those three, among him, Jokic, and Giannis, if not tied with Jokic for supporting casts. And he's keeping them right there in the East. There's a bunch of teams that are right near the top, just a couple games separated. So I'm, I'm going JoJo right now. Yeah, I like that pick. I think I actually had JoJo third, Jokic second, Giannis first. They're, they're all, you can't go wrong with either of them. They're, they're all having MVP type seasons. Um, I was looking at Joel Embiid's numbers uh, this season. He started off in October averaging 21 points per game. In November, he averaged 25 points a game. In December, he averaged 29 points a game. And so far in January, he's putting up 34 points a game on 55% shooting. So he's definitely definitely trending in the right direction. And I think at the start of the year, there was just a lot going on in that organization with the Ben Simmons drama not knowing who was going to be on the team, not knowing who was going to be at practice each day. So it was probably a hard adjustment, but I think Embiid has kind of kind of just locked in and said, fuck it, I don't, I don't really care if Simmons is here. I don't care you know, if we're going to trade him or not. I'm just going to go out and lead whoever we have on the floor and, and go to work. So he's, he's definitely a good pick. Um, Jokic is statistically having the best season in NBA history. <laughs> his P- his player efficiency rating this year is 33.65, which is the highest ever. And the, s- the second highest ever, which is currently the highest ever, was actually Giannis in 2019 and 20. He put up 31.86 PER. Um, so it's, 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 definitely, it's definitely crazy. Yeah, Jokic is putting up... What is it? Like, let's see here. 26, 14, and 8 on 57% from the field, which is absolutely insane. But the Nuggets are the sixth seed, and they are s- struggling a bit. Um, we'll see We'll see how they do. I know there has been MVPs before that have won without, you know, being one of the top four seeds, like Westbrook and OKC, for example. But, um but yeah, I think those are definitely the main three. Obviously, sucks that KD got hurt, and hopefully, hopefully he he comes back healthy. Um, but yeah, and one thing I do want to note, I do not think Steph Curry is in the running for MVP. I know he's gotten a lot of media attention, and he was killing it early in the season. But if you look at the numbers and you look at the overall impact that players have on the game, I think. Giannis, Jokic, Embiid, and KD all have a bigger impact on the game than Steph, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Steph is not playing as well as he did last year, and certainly not as well as his MVP seasons. Yeah, he's still, we still got him as an all-star starter, but he's he's not in that top three. I think those guys are kind of separate from the rest of the group. Um, but it's cool to see a bunch of big guys in the MVP race. Supposedly. Big guys are not a thing anymore, and it's all about the guard play and three-pointers, but um, three seven-footers near the top of the MVP race, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, a lot of the MVPs you saw in the 2010s decade were LeBron, KD, Harden, Westbrook, Steph, so it's good to see 
you know, the big guys kind of kind of making a resurrection and then coming back. For sure. Speaking of big guys, let's go on to uh, rookie of the year. <laughs> I assume we have the same guy for this. Um, I've got Evan Mobley. Um, I think he's a stud, uh, which I I personally didn't see uh, at USC. I, I watched him a little bit, definitely watched him in the tournament. Um, he obviously is a freak physically, um, but he's he's playing really, really well. And the Cavs are completely turned around as a franchise. Uh, and, and I think he's the main reason why they were 22 and 50 last year. And they're currently 10 games above 500. They already passed their projected win total for the season by far and he's clearly a beast on the defensive end which isn't the sexy thing but um i think he's he's been the best rookie in the league by kind of a wide margin yeah i agree with you i think he's definitely the front runner uh, a couple of other guys that i considered were scotty barnes who is another freak athlete uh in toronto averaging 15 8 and 4 um i've seen him throw down some pretty crazy dunks so far this year um i've also seen him guard a lot of high-profile players, such as Kevin Durant and Giannis. Um, so he's definitely going to be a, a force to be reckoned with. Um, another guy who's been playing well of, of late is uh, Cade Cunningham. He's averaging 16, 6, and 5 in the year. He's been shooting it more efficient as of late, um, but I don't think either of these guys are having the type of season that Evan Mobley is having. Um, so I definitely would give it to Mobley. Yeah, I, I hear you on Cade. He's, he's definitely coming on. He had a, a really tough start to his career, and I, I think it was partly an injury that was lingering, and, uh, you know, the transition is different for everyone, um, but I, I see some good things in him recently. Um, but, yeah, got to go with Mobley. Yep. Uh, defensive player of the year, um, I decided to go with Draymond Green. Um, okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> Are you sure it's not because you listen to his podcast? <laughs> I'm sure. And I'm sure it's not because he comes out and it says that he's the best defender in the world. <laughs> if you look at... Of all time. Of all time, yeah. If you look at the, the team defensive numbers, Golden State is first in the league in opponents scoring at 101.9 per game. Draymond is 21st in the league in steals, 18th in blocks with 1.4 steals, 1.2 blocks. He's not overly impressive statistically on defense, but I think if you just watch the games and you watch how hard he plays defensively, you watch how much he communicates, how much of a leader and a quarterback he is for the Warriors on defense, then I think it can kind of outweigh the stats in that aspect. Um, I know that Rudy Gobert is first in rebounds, second in blocks, and it's having a good good defensive year, but um, I, I would go with Draymond on this one. I hear you. Uh, apparently, I'm, I'm just an anti-Draymond guy. But, uh, <laughs> I guess so. I, I, do not, I do not have him uh, winning this award. I had Gobert. Uh, Draymond is definitely the guy you don't want to mess with. Uh, I think, just like you said, the numbers don't tell you everything. He's, he's that intimidation factor. Um, he really changes the dynamic of the Warriors entirely, even if he's putting up four points uh, or eight points. Um, I've got Gobert. Uh, like you said, he's leading the league in rebounding. Um, I saw he's leading the league in defensive win shares, according to basketballreference.com. Um, also considered Giannis. 
Um, I saw that Utah is the 10th rated defensive team in the league right now, which is a little low for them. Um, so if that stays where it is, I could see him not winning this award, which is which is a rarity for him. Yeah. Uh, you also see Gobert get dunked on a lot, weirdly. Yeah. Um, I know he's supposedly the, the best rim protector, but guys just, I think they take that personally and they just really go after him. It's kind of fun to watch. Yeah, I've heard on a number of different podcasts that some guys don't agree with Gobert being the, the defensive player of the year always just because he, well, he does affect a lot of shots around the rim. Um, you know, a guy like Draymond can guard one through five, and I don't know if Gobert can switch onto a point guard and guard them on the perimeter. Um, so that's another asset that Draymond has over Gobert's. He can guard the one through five um, rather than Gobert. But, I mean, you can't go wrong with, with either of them. They're both putting up some, some good numbers and having some great defensive years. Yeah, you've, uh, you've kind of swayed me here. You know, there's there's some uh, there's some matchups where Gobert is hard to keep on the floor defensively, which is weird to say about a defensive player of the year. Like, <laughs> he can't guard perimeter guy. Yeah. Draymond can guard anyone. Giannis can guard anyone. So I I would say I'm actually going to agree with you. Draymond is a little bit more valuable defensively. So I'll go with that. Hey. Got you to switch. Let's yeah. go, baby. <laughs> okay, you, your first podcast. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, let's go on to uh, six man of the year. And this year, I've got Tyler Hero. Um, as we said earlier, the Miami Heat are currently number one in the East. There's a bunch of teams up there. It, it could change any day. But he's putting up 21, 5, and 4 off the bench. Um, I think he's, he's probably the clear fit favorite right now and he had a down year last year after there was a ton of hype about him coming out of the bubble and he just went nuts and helped Miami reach the finals uh, which was really cool to see but he's he's definitely Tyler Hero again he's not whatever he was last year so do you agree yeah no I, I agree I picked Tyler Hero as well I think you said it pretty well he's a great spark off the bench for them and instant scoring for their second unit um so I would definitely go with Hero another guy I did Consider, who's actually eighth in the league in player efficiency rating right now, which will probably surprise a lot of people, is Montrez Harrell. He is coming off the bench for the Wizards, putting up 14-7 and seven on 65% shooting from the field. Um, and is, like I said, is eighth in the league in player efficiency rating. Um, but ultimately, Tyler Hero is, I think he's the, the right pick. Yeah, you're not swaying me there with any of that Harold stuff. <laughs> oh, uh, it's interesting to see his uh, his career path though. Like he was he was a beast on the Clippers for a little bit. Um, Lakers didn't really have a role for him. Um, Got some DNPs. Yeah, it was crazy, and now he's he's doing his thing again. So good for him. It's a good story of determination. Yeah, definitely. That was that was a weird Lakers team last year. It they had. A lot of talent, obviously, AD injury is tough, but, I mean, if you think about it, they had some elite centers. They had AD, they had Montrezl Harrell, they had Andre Drummond, who is a walking 20 and 15, um, but they just were not able to stay healthy and put it together. And Andre Drummond is one of the weirdest career paths we've seen recently. I don't, I don't know what to make of that guy. 
What team is he on right now? Oh, he's he's on Philly, right? Yeah. Yeah. After he and Embiid initially did not get along in their careers. <laughs> yeah. Now they're teammates. So. Yeah, that is an interesting dynamic. Yeah, exactly. He's one of those guys that I, I wish I had watched a little bit more to, to get that, that feel for why why people don't regard him super highly. But also, one of the best high school Knicks tapes of all time, by the way. Oh, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next one we have is most improved player. This is tough. I, I considered a bunch of different players for this one, but ultimately I decided to go with Miles Bridges. Um, he has increased his point total from 12.7 to 20.1 this year. He's increased his rebounds from six to seven and a half. His assists from two to three and a half. Um, his steals have gone up. His efficiency has gone down slightly, but that's just due to more volume and um, more opportunities. And I just think he's having a great year with the Hornets. You know, they are seventh right now. They're extremely fun to watch. They have the best announcer in the league. Yeah, um, so I decided to go with Bridges. Some other guys I considered um, were Jordan Poole. Uh, he he started off pretty hot, but he's cooled off lately, and his role will probably diminish a little bit with Clay Thompson coming back. Um, that was a bad voice crack right there. Um, I also considered two Cavaliers players, Darius Garland and Jarrett Allen, who are both putting up some great numbers, and obviously the Cavs are the five right now in the East, which is blowing everyone's expectations away. Um, so I considered both of those guys. Uh, the last guy I considered, who you'll probably laugh at this, is Desmond Bain from the <laughs> from the Grizzlies. Who we've had some chats about Desmond Bain lately. We've, we've had some chats about him. He it seems like every time me and Justin are watching the Grizzlies on League Pass or on TNT, Desmond Bain shoots the ball every time he touches it. <laughs> but hey, you look at his numbers; they're not bad. Yeah, you look at his numbers. You look how the Grizzlies are playing this year. The number three seed. Um, he actually increased his point total from 9.2 to 17.7. Um, and he's at, at the top of the league of three-pointers made. I think he's he's top 10, maybe top 5. Um, but but the, that he shoots, you know, 15 of them a game. But. Yeah, definitely. But but those are some other guys I considered, but ultimately I decided to go with Bridges. I like that pick. Yeah, the Hornets are super fun. Um, LaMelo is, is the driving force of that, but Bridges has been awesome. He has some of the most insane dunks you will see by anyone in the league. Yep. Um, I, I hear you on Desmond Bain as well. I'm going with a different Grizzly. I'm going with Ja. Um, I think uh, when you have a team that's number three in the West, and considering where they were last year and considering where Ja was last year, you see guys like him, they they could just kind of have a similar year to last year. Or they could get a little bit worse. You've seen Darren Fox kind of regress a little bit. Um, he was a top five pick as well, and that could easily happen to Ja, but he's he's gone to a whole nother level, and he's he's gone to superstardom, and some of the most exciting plays in the league. You saw that block uh, a couple weeks ago, the two-handed one on Avery Bradley. Yeah, I was watching that live. Yeah, this guy is one of the most special athletes in the world. Uh, so I, I'm gonna go with Ja. I like uh, I like your other options. I considered um, Garland and Bridges, and also Dejounte Murray. Um, another Seattle kid who the Spurs are probably a little low for him to win this award, but he's putting up triple doubles every week. 
Um, he's really balling, so good for him. So that's baby boy, Seattle baby. <laughs> um, I guess my only argument against Shaw would be, I know he's, I looked at a bunch of betting websites and he's a front runner right now for most improved, but he was already Jaw last year, I feel like. If you, he was already kind of established as the Grizzlies go-to guy. He was already, was he an all-star last year? He was not, I don't think. He was not an all-star last year, but he, I feel like, was already kind of established as the go-to guy. I know he's taken another step this year, obviously, in terms of his numbers and everything like that. Um, but I just feel like he was already kind of established in the league and he was comfortable, whereas a guy like Miles Bridges was still trying to find his role, still trying to find his path in the NBA, and he's definitely found it this year with, with the Hornets. So I guess that would be my argument against that. Okay. I see. We'll see who wins. We'll see who wins. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Still a long ways to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you got you got the last one. Yeah, lastly, let's do uh, coach of the year. Okay. Um, a lot of choices for this one too. Uh, I'm gonna go with Billy Donovan, and I'm slightly biased because I love the Bulls because of Zach. <laughs> um, but to take them from where they were last year to where they are now, and he's been good at every stop in his career. Uh, from Florida to jumping up to the NBA with OKC. Um, he's had a ton of different roster combinations everywhere he's been and um, nothing but winning seasons. So I, I think it's time to give Billy Donovan some praise and, and get him that award, assuming the Bulls keep this up. Yeah, I like that pick. I also considered I considered Billy Donovan. I also considered J.B. Bickerstaff in Cleveland. I think he would be a similar winner to New York last year, Tom Thibodeau. Uh, they were the four seed when no one was expecting them to be. That's kind of the same storyline it would be. But my pick this year is Monty Williams. Um, the Suns right now have the best record in the NBA at 36-9. and nine. They're playing like a well-oiled machine. They're playing like the Spurs of old. Um, obviously, I just mentioned that Tom Thibodeau got the award last year. I think Monty Williams easily could have won it last year. Um, so... I just think if the Suns finish with the best record in the NBA, I think I think it's his his award. Yeah, I hear you. That's one of those things where with this stretch that they've had the last couple of years, he's got to get the award at least once, right? And he seems like one of the truly great guys in the NBA. He's one of the guys that you you cheer for based on their character, and it seems like the players are really really galvanized by him. So um, I have no problem with that pick. Yeah. Alrighty, moving on to this next section. Um, this section is going to be called Hot Takes. So, I do you want me to start or do you want to start? Go ahead. Let's hear it. So, I'll start. I'm basically going to give a hot take um, that I, th I think about the NBA. I'm going to explain it a little bit, let Justin react to it, and then he's going to give his. And then uh, we'll wrap it up shortly after that. So, so my hot take for the week is that Kyrie Irving will be eligible to play in all games, home or away, by the time the playoffs begin. I don't know exactly how it's going to happen. I'm not sure if New York will lift their restrictions. I'm not sure if the Nets will pay a fine each game, like I saw a couple graphics of on social media, where the fine would just increase each game. Um, or I've seen some rumors where they're, 
potentially going to come out with a plant-based vaccine. And I've also seen rumors where Kyrie Irving would be potentially interested in getting that. Um, so I'm not sure exactly how it's going to happen yet, but I just think by the time the playoffs roll around, I think Kyrie is going to be eligible for all games. Okay. As a basketball fan, I hope so. And <laughs> let's, be, let's be clear, we're not a political podcast, so we're not going to get into that. Not at all. Um, but I, I could see it for sure. How weird would it be if we went into the playoffs and the dude was literally just playing away games and you'd rather be the away team if you're the Nets almost. Yeah, that would be super weird. That might affect how they close down the stretch and they might want to get the five seed so that they're the away team in every series. Yep. That's very, very strange situation. Very strange. But yeah, we're we're not getting into the politics. Just I just think that Somehow it's going to work out where Kyrie is able to play in home and away games come playoff time. Okay. We'll come back to that, and we'll come back to a couple other things that we've, we've uh, disagreed on so far. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so mine is uh, taking a look at the standings. I'm going to take the Cleveland Cavaliers to get the number one seed in the East. That I is a hot that. take. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take Evan Mobley to, to keep it up, Garland to keep it up, and Jared Allen. Uh, the Nets are a little banged up. Chicago's banged up with Lonzo and Caruso out. I think the Bucks are going to take their foot off the gas a little bit. Um, I don't think they really care about the one seed that much. Um, I'm going to go with the Cleveland Cavaliers to get the one seed. Wow. Well, how many games back are they right now of the one seed? I believe they are... One game back. Are you 5. Sure? Wow, I didn't know that. And they're the five seed? They're the five, yeah. So there's there's five teams within 1.5 games, and Philly is within 2.5. So. Wow. That's crazy. I, I would bet you some money that that doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, wow, that's, that's, that is a take. I... I have a tough time agreeing with that because there are four teams ahead of the Cavs right now that are obviously all more talented than them, in my opinion. I think you would agree with that. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think... Uh... I think in the regular season, you got to play defense, and, and the Cavs play defense for sure. Um, they're not the sexy league pass team. Um, I'm not flipping them on every night, but <laughs> I think they're going to stay strong, and uh, I think they're going to stay towards the top and surprise some people. So that's my hot take. Wow, that's, that is a take. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. We'll see. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they'll finish in the, in the four to six range. Okay. Okay. <laughs> see how this podcast is going to go. <laughs> um, alrighty. Well, that, that pretty much does it for um, the first episode of, of our podcast, J&J Talk the NBA. Um, that, was, that was a lot of fun, kind of going over some different NBA topics. Um, Justin, do you have uh, any predictions on, on the NFL games? This coming weekend, obviously, they're... It was a crazy weekend last weekend of four super entertaining games, uh, four games that came down to the wire. 
Um, you got the Chiefs and the Bengals playing this weekend, and also the the Rams and the 49ers. So what are your, let's hear your picks. Yeah, that was a heck of a weekend of football. Uh, we are a bas- basketball podcast, but we, we love all sports. Yep. Um, you can't, can't turn away from a weekend like that of NFL football. Um, I'm going to go with the, the home teams, the Rams and the Chiefs. Um, I'm going to play it safe, and the Rams will get to host, basically, a Super Bowl, just like the Bucks did last year. Um, I think the, the easier pick is the Chiefs over the Bengals. Um, Rams 49ers. And weirdly, these two matchups both happened within the last month. Yeah. And the Bengals and the Niners won. Uh, so I think both teams are going to get revenge. Yeah, I, th- I agree with you. I think the Chiefs and the Rams are going to both win, and I think we're going to get a great Super Bowl. So, all righty. That'd be a lot of star power in the Super Bowl, for sure. That'd be a fun one. Yeah. All right, that's, uh, that's going to wrap it up. First episode of uh, J&J Talk NBA. That was a lot of fun, Jordan. That was a lot of fun. And uh, we'll do it again really soon. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for listening. Peace. Peace.